0: Well, Linda, come up here, my friend Linda. I have lots of friends named Linda, actually. Some of my favourite people are called Linda. Um, Sorry, I'll just move this. This is my friend Linda. This is London Linda. That's how we describe people. We've got Nana Lynn. In our house, when I say Linda to my kids, it's defined by Nana Lynn, Mount Kira Linda, and London Linda. So we're like, if if your name's Linda, you just need a defining um, thing. You know, I, um, I think Linda, I first met Linda maybe four years ago when I first went over to the, to the UK for the Pioneer Conference and um, there are some people I think you meet that are just really beautiful in your life and for me, Linda's been one of those people because he, here in Australia, as a female minister, you're a bit thin on the ground and usually everywhere I go in the church world, I'm just attempting to relate to old men. And, um, you know, I can rock that. I can do that all right. But it is hard sometimes when you don't feel like you're, you've got peers that you can relate to. And then when you meet wonderful other women who lead churches, you just feel a sense of like, oh, I'm not the only one. And I think, how old were you when you planted a church? Uh, 25? 23. 23? Yeah. 23. 23, she's been leading a church in uh, West London since then, in the borough of Ealing, where Becky's from. This is Matt, this is, you know, anyway. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's so great for me, I felt so encouraged by Linda, and just by her presence, and by the way that she has navigated church world, and her own self, and just followed God, so I'm so glad you're here to talk to us tonight, so... Here she is. Give her a a clap. Thank
1: you. Thanks, Carrie. It's really so good to be here. Um, Just a little bit of context, really. As Carrie said, we first met four years ago. and, um, And in fact, the kind of connection with Australia for myself and my family kind of goes a bit further back from that. Some of our closest friends emigrated to Sydney, uh, five years ago, and we came and stayed with them for a bit and did a bit of a tour of uh, Australia, just just connected. And uh, we've continued to keep in touch with them and see them and come over. And then it's just been great with the Pioneer Leaders Conference. And I guess what I want to say, which Caro probably can't say, but I can, um, Caro, I know you know this, but she really is a, has a fantastic teaching ministry. I mean, my word, she's absolutely golden and at our annual leaders conference this year caro spoke uh, and her talk has received more hits than any other talk from our annual leaders conferences in fact it was so impactful that a whole developing network in kenya joined the pioneer network as a result of caro's talk so i really want to commend your leader to you because she's an amazing woman It was just awesome. And, and Caro spoke at the Pioneer Leaders Conference here uh, in Stockton just a couple of days ago. Again, stunning, stunning wisdom and the ability to take scripture and just uh, make it relevant and real and alive, that you can almost touch it and taste it. I mean, just stunning. So I really commend Caro to you. And I think we felt with uh, Pioneer Network, which has been in existence for over sort of 30 years, uh, which uh, started in the UK, but just in terms of its its movement, uh, I feel at home here. So, you know, my church in West London is pretty similar to yours. Uh, the same DNA is here, and that's really precious. So when I sort of connect with leaders in some of the other pioneer churches, it's like, you're just like us and um my daughter and i came out last year to the conference and in fact my daughter you'll see her i'm sure she's coming over here at the end of september early october she's doing uh, six months with uh ywam dts based up in newcastle and then on placement the plan is then we've got to probably try and get her out of the country to then come back in again so i think we're going to go over and see some of our friends in new zealand and then um come out as a family and then we're praying because she's got to do a bit more fundraising, but I'm sure she'll get there. Will be to spend some time in the pioneer churches and come here. So there's a real connection for us. Uh, Rick, and, so Caro stayed with us several times. Rick and Sue have stayed with us. Rick's come with his dad and his one of his sons, and so it's just wonderful. So I, I bring greetings from from England, from London, um, and just it's brilliant to to connect with you. There's a sense of family. And I think that's what we felt at the conference, wasn't it? Those of us who were there. It just felt like family. And that's the thing my daughter said. My daughter's been, she's just finished university, um, and she's actually, for her whole time at university, hadn't connected with a, a pioneer church. And I think that's really good for her because she's had an experience. She's been brought up in a pioneer church since a baby. So I think it was good for her to have an experience outside of our network. But when she came to the conference here last year, she just like, oh, mum, I get what it is to be a part of the pioneer family. So hopefully you'll see her um, and uh, and that'll be really, really good. Um so as Carrie said, just, uh, just so you know what I'm looking to do, because I know it's cold and we're rugged up and we've got the heaters, so I'm not going to talk forever. But what I really pray is that through the few words that I bring, my hope and prayer is that the Holy Spirit will empower us, that we'll have an encounter with the Holy Spirit tonight. And that really is my prayer, that more than anything that I say, I honestly don't care if, you, if nothing is remembered from what I say, but the Spirit of God comes and deposits something to your mind and heart. That's what I'm interested in, that actually we'd really connect and have an encounter with God. <laughs> Tonight. So I think I've got a few things I want to share, a little bit from um, from Luke, um, and uh, and just really be open to what the Holy Spirit, how He'd want to encourage us. There's one other thing I wanted to say also, which is I want to honour Luke, and, and I said this last year at the conference because similar to my to uh, Caro and Luke. Uh, my, son, uh, my husband, Richard, heads up a company, uh, he's been part of the leadership team, but he's now an advisor. He's always released me, as Caro has released, um, uh, Luke has released Caro, uh, and I know that he's away at the moment, he's uh, on a course with work, uh, but I just want to say, I just really honour him, and grandparents as well, who come and just get, and un- uncles and aunts, who just come and get alongside and release. We need the family of God, don't we, to really release the gifts that we have, so I wanted to say that as well, um, it's really, really important. Um, so just a little bit about myself briefly. So I've led a church, in fact, I, we planted the church at 23, but I took on the main leadership of the church at 28. And um, and then really I've been, my aim over the last five years, as I'm just just tip 50 uh, is that I've been working for the last five years to release a younger leadership team. So, having had the privilege of leading a church at a young age, I really want to see a release of leadership and energy and passion. So, I feel like I can bring other things now I'm that bit older. And there are other things also that God's got for me, but I want to be releasing the younger leaders to um, to, to really run and and take opportunities Um, but I've always worked basically quotes part-time so a bit like Caro Caro's juggling family and leading a church Um, I've always done other things so um, whether it's helped set up my husband's business work with him for the first couple of years Um, I've done interviewing for met police school governor all sorts of other things and for me that's helped me actually remain a, a sort of grounded i think i'd go insane if i'm honest if i was involved in the church all the time Uh, i don't say that unkindly i just think actually it's incredibly um it can be demanding it could also be incredibly releasing and i just think having that broader perspective can be can be really grounding and helpful Um, so i guess that's a little bit of kind of if you like my own background that i bring so I, i lead a church oversee the london region of pioneer churches um, uh, and it's great to see the growth that there is in the uk but also internationally as well so um so really i want what i felt was I've, i okay i'm going to show you something and you probably won't be able to guess what 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 this will mean cuz it'll be different to the conference um but i've got some stamps and uh just 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 suspend that thought in your mind i'm a great believer that i i Need sometimes things that I can see and touch. I'm an artist by background and I need things, I'm visual, that remind me of the word of God. They help kind of ground it. Uh, and in fact, I went this week to the post office to buy some stamps and I think the ca- I just said, Could you just, could I buy 150, 200 stamps? And the chap just looked at me as though I was really, you know how many letters do you want to send? He's like, they cost a dollar each. He's like, no, I just want some stamps. So I was there for about four or five minutes, just saying, please, can I just buy stamps? I don't want to send it. I'm going to create a picture. And I think then he got it. So, um, so I've got some little stamps. Your stamps are beautiful. They've got little fishes on. I had to buy the cheapest stamps, by the way, because I wanted to buy so many of them. But they're beautiful. They've got these lovely fishes on. So I think there's something in that which will make sense. I want to talk a little bit about sense ness uh, and I really pray the Holy Spirit will deposit something on us, in our minds and in our hearts that um that will be living so i'm just i don't know if you read the message here message bible there are lots of different translations i quite like the message because it i've been brought up in the niv and it brings certain scriptures alive in a fresh way for me when i've been reading them a lot over the years so so i'm going to read from luke you don't have to if you've got your bible it'll be luke 4 but feel free if you want to just close your eyes and absorb uh, some of these scriptures and i'm not going to read it all but i'm going to skip through this chapter so uh, Jesus returned to Galilee, powerful in the spirit. Little bit of context. This literally is right after Jesus uh, was in the wilderness where he was tempted. So basically, you know, straight after that, we've got this incredible story and account of what happened and what Jesus did. So he returned to Galilee, powerful in the spirit. So I just want you to underline that powerful in the spirit, because I want to come back to that. News um, that he was back spread throughout the countryside. He taught in their meeting places to everyone's acclaim and pleasure. He came to Nazareth where he'd been reared. And as he always did on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. When he stood up to read, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burdened and the battered free, and to announce this is God's year to act. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the place was on him intent. And then he started in You've heard the scripture make history. It came true just now in this place. And all those who were there watching and listening were surprised at how well he spoke. Now, I'm skipping the next bit because it's all about essentially how a prophet isn't, doesn't receive honor in his own hometown. So it's this whole thing about how Jesus was received. So they were surprised how well he taught because they knew him since he was since he was little. So they've seen him. They're, they're over-familiar with him. So I so I'm just going to skip that and then jump in at verse 31. He went down to Capernaum, a village in Galilee. He he was teaching the people on the Sabbath, and they were surprised and impressed. His teaching was so forthright, so confident, so authoritative, not the quibbling and quoting. They were used to. And then skipping on, because it's the same, it, then you have this whole encounter of Jesus... Um, Freeing someone uh, from a demonic spirit, right at the end, it says Jesus was the talk of the town. Now, I kind of just want to sort of work through some of those key. Um, words and ideas for us. Because, of course, if you read Isaiah 61, it's this mammoth chapter, absolutely incredible, all about the year of the Lord's favor. I mean, just absolutely stunning. You know, the spirit of God the master is on me. Why? Because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. But then it's not just preach, it's he sent me. And you've got all this practical stuff and it's just verse after verse after verse after verse of absolutely stunning, stunning beauty of the the broken cities being rebuilt. Um, Incredible, incredible picture if you um, read that. So if you like, I'm gonna kind of do this in reverse order because I wanna go back to the first verse and that's my main point. (laughs) In fact, those first seven or eight words in that chapter. So I'm I'm gonna kind of work in reverse, the kind of why and then actually what we need, if that makes sense and hopefully it makes sense. Um, I've just read a book called Scattered Servants uh, by Alan Scott. Uh, And actually, I found it a very encouraging read because there were so many... it's It's a book of stories... Very much how uh, a church in Coleraine had grown, how they'd seen incredible uh, move of the Holy Spirit through people on the streets, how the church had grown, and how they were impacting the city. So a really encouraging book, full of stories upon stories upon stories, and real restoration of the city. Essentially, the book was about loving your city back to life. Um, and it's all about scattered seeds. My interpretation is being so full of God that actually as you go t- and you're involved in your area of influence, you just can't help but deposit a bit of the Holy Spirit. And, and so it's a really encouraging book. So there were a couple of quotes um, that I just I felt resonated for me, and I think would actually resonate for you as well. I kind of feel if you were reading this book, you'd be saying, yep, yep, amen, amen. I absolutely get that, and we, we feel that. Uh, and it says this: while gathered environments such as Sunday services and small groups can grow the church, only scattered servants can bring uh, life to broken cities. So we know that it's really good to grow ourselves. We need to be growing us. Um, but actually, what we're looking for is a move of God, not just in the church, but actually as we are impacted by God, then we want to see a move of God of the church. Actually, into all the areas where God places us, all the areas of influence where we have, where God takes us. Um, it's, we know the Great Commission that actually, you know, we're here to make disciples. And to some degree, that's actually not too difficult. But actually, making disciples who change and impact cities, that is actually what we're wanting to replicate, isn't it? It's not just something that is insular for us, but it's something which kind of spills out. And we're not also growing, you know, bigger gathered churches because that's the thing to do. But actually, there's a desire in us to actually spread us as servants all over our places in our city. And actually, I did a little bit of Googling. So, in fact, I realized in Wollongong, which I think you call the Gong, is that right? Known as the Gong. Um, It's the third largest city um, in Australia, after Sydney, not Australia, 295,000 people. Population has grown every year over the last eight years by one to two and a half thousand people every single year. Obviously a massive university, 37,000 students, it's ethnically diverse. This is incredibly similar to my own patch in West London, so even though London is about eight. 1 million people. In our borough, we're about 365,000, so not a dissimilar number to where you are, and also incredibly diverse. Um, the top countries of birth are Australia, China, England, former Yugoslavia, and India. The major denomination is the Catholic, this is what I understood, by 29%, Anglican, 23 and what, 14.8 people, percent, have no religion. And I calculated that to be actually 43,666 people in Wollongong. Oh, my word, that's a lot of people who actually, potentially, are unreached. And it's like, well, this is our city. This is our patch. This is where God has placed us. I did a little bit for Christchurch as well, because I know that the guy's here. And it's a similar one, about 400,000 residents, the third most populated city after Auckland and Wellington, Um, and residents all around the world um, mainly come from England, China, Australia, Philippines, South Korea, South Africa, India, Samoa, and Americans, So absolutely fascinating, the contexts and similarities where God has placed us. So there's an opportunity, if you like, for God to scatter us, to disperse us, not in a negative sense, because that scattered can, can actually sound quite, you know, a negative word, but actually when we are so full of the Holy Spirit, we know our anointing, we know we're full up, you can't help, others can't help capture that. And touch that. Uh, And that is an exciting community, isn't it, to be part of. That actually, as we are full of God, as we encounter God, as we encounter the Spirit, we're open to how God would use us and enable us to deposit the love of God to others who we are in contact with. So our task, if you like, is to move with God, is to move with the Holy Spirit. Now, we've had a lot of wind, haven't we, (laughs) since I've been here in, in Wollongong. Um, and I find God often talks to me through things that I see or or experience, and I was just struck by the strength of the wind and the impact of the wind and the bending of the trees um, and then in other parts, it almost felt like the trees weren 't bending at all. It was like oh that 's really interesting, I wonder why that is i 'm not um, familiar with you know trees and plants and, but I thought oh, it would be really interesting as to why are some trees quite rigid, which they seem the same kind of population of trees and others are bending over um, and it just kind of it spoke to me about actually when we are impacted by the spirit of God you know I've I, you know actually there can be a sense of either we are going to just submit and often sometimes when I find myself submitting to God uh, physically um, even though I don't like it and I'm embarrassed and in my head I'm arguing with God I, I, I often can't help but but sometimes bow, because I feel like i'm I'm physically submitting to the Holy Spirit, um, although at times it could be tempting to feel quite rigid, and it's like, well, sometimes it's it's not always comfortable when the spirit comes. And I just felt the Spirit speak to me in that. Actually, the spirit is gentle. The spirit isn't just wanting to crush or actually, you know come and bend a tree and snap it. But actually, the wing comes sometimes powerfully incredibly powerfully but also gently and in waves uh, and and you feel it and then the effects even though we don't necessarily see it see the spirit you see the effects of the wind and i kind of felt that in terms of for, for for you guys here who i consider my family in australia and i've been praying for you god would you come afresh gently beautifully would you come and 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 just bring your spirit afresh to to release and and as we bow and submit to you god would you empower us and help us not lord we don't none of us wants to be rigid or resistant we want to be open to the spirit of god and and allow the effects to impact other people so we want to release a movement of people who stand in this city and can shepherd the city back into life you know, God has that call for us, that mandate. He wants us to do that. He wants me to do that in my little patch. That you guys in Christchurch, and if you're from anywhere else, that's what He wants you to do: to deposit the Holy Spirit and to bring life. You see, we don't want to just be people who do evangelism, but we want to be believers who breathe and bring life. Um, and, and there's a, there's a sense of, of actually God sending us. When I go back to this particular scripture. How could we steward a good, you know, an, an amazing movement of the spirit of God as a sent people, being a mobile people? Um, the word "sent" in the Bible, as um, apostolos, uh, isn't a biblical word actually, but it's a cultural term. And uh, Jesus used the language of the time to help people understand and to follow his message and think, "Ah, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean in my context?" And ispe- basically, apostles were sent. Um, Sent by the emperor, sent by Caesar to establish kingdoms, uh, or, uh, if you like, the empire in, 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 in other areas, in other kingdoms. And it's like, well, what would it look like for us as sent people to deposit the Holy Spirit and to see life, love brought to our communities around us? Uh, And you are doing that already. It's amazing to hear, you know, the life and the the organic way that you're doing this. And, you know, we pray blessing on the youth who'll be here, you know, on Friday. And, uh, you know, the other ways that you gather and and give away to the community. It's like, God, would you continue to empower us um, as we are sent but in terms of being sent, we're sent with a mandate to introduce new possibilities, um, new possibilities to humanity into every sphere of society. So I'm now coming back to that first, um, that first verse, because we want to be a people who are really truly sending the love of God wherever we are, a people who actually receive authority. So Jesus, who, who was in the wilderness, through his temptation, through his fasting, You know, through all he went through, there was a greater intimacy that he had with the Father. And out of that place of intimacy, a greater authority came. It wasn't an authority which was lorded over, but it was an authority which was released. Because the power of God was so, Jesus was so full, so full, that it just came from him. He just couldn't help it. What would it look like if you and I, you know, were so full of, of that encounter with you, that intimacy? that actually has a fresh authority about us. That in fact, when we're in our places of work and we hear a gossiping in the staff room or in a particular context, you know, sometimes our silence, it, it, you know, we have choices, don't we, in those situations. Do I say something? Do I not? I don't want to make too big a deal of it because I don't want to be seen as confrontational, the confrontational Christian. Sometimes also the challenge can be, if I don't say something into that, my silence could be perceived as actually condoning that. So every day for each of us, we have choices in terms of how we allow, if you like, the spirit of God to be released and deposited in the people around us, in the everyday and in the ordinary but our mandate is to create a place where God's presence is welcome, is at home, and whereby as we host the Holy Spirit, as we are full of the Holy Spirit, we can't help but see the Spirit of God deposited. Now, let me just tell you a couple of stories. I'm going to come back to that verse, and then I want to talk about the stamps and pray. Now, um, I just tell you these stories because they're my stories. And then, um, so it's. These are stories that encourage... I love stories. I'm sure you love stories. I find them encouraging. They build us up, don't they? And um, they release faith. Uh, Well, in the work... So, as well as leading the church, um, as I said, there was a period of time I helped my husband set up his business, and I worked for the company two days a week, um, and we set up some offices in the middle of our town, Ealing Broadway. Uh, And I sat next to this chap um, called... uh, Is it being recorded? because I'll change his name then, that's fine, I'll change his name. Uh, so his name was Michael. I sat next to Michael, and um, for some silly reason, um, he said to me quite early on, as we, we have like co-working space, has anyone else experienced that? So co-worker space, so there's not a lot of space, you're not in separate offices, I have my desk directly next to his. Um, so effectively, he would see me, uh, be, you know, basically... Throughout the day, and all the stresses and strains that I would experience dealing with clients overseas, you know, and all the rest of it, um, he observed my behaviours. Um, and he said quite earlier on, he, I don't know why he said this, but he just said to me, we were talking about faith, and he said, just so you know, I'm an atheist. It's like, well, that's fine, that's cool, I don't need to know about, you know, your faith. Um, anyway, he never said it to me again, and we just literally sat next to each other for two years. Then our church offices moved, and we moved into the same location. So our offices so our church offices are in the same complex as my husband's business. So I then tip up on another desk <laughs> working for the church, and Michael's still in the office. Now, we're now forwarding through uh, forward, fast-forwarding a couple of years. Uh, so I've now been sitting next to Michael for at least four, four years, coming on five, out of the blue one day. Uh, bearing in mind, he's seen me in both work, the business context, the church context, and I love the fact that I don't think there's any divide in between the two. But he's seen me as a person, ha- seen how I've ha- had to deal with stress and strain and all the rest of it. Out of the blue, one day, he said, "Linda, I he told, told me the story about his wife. My wife's got this friend. Explained the scenario, and he basically started to, to describe the church. And I'd never had a conversation with him about church before." And he started to describe church, and then he started to describe me. And he said, actually, I think you would be just the right person to talk with her. Well, I was just gobsmacked, because I'm thinking in my head, I've never said anything to you about church, um, you know, overtly. Um, He's picked this up just by being in the office. In fact, when we first moved our church offices into this place, there was a guy called, change his name, Peter. And he he could, honestly, he could swear like a trooper. Now, I'm not really that bothered... Percy, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, but when you're on, on the phone to clients, it can be a really big deal. And Peter would just literally, the, what came out of his mouth, my word, wouldn't even bear thinking about. Um, but somehow, just by being in that place, without saying anything, uh, Peter stopped. He started to, his swearing kind of decreased. And we never had a conversation about it. And it became kind of the known thing that you just don't do that in the offices. We never said anything. He's like, well, what's going on here? So I ended up talking with Michael. I said, why don't you invite your, your wife's friend into the office? We met in, the, in, a, in a meeting room. Sat down, had this most amazing conversation. She just kind of opened up her, her life and, about this particular situation. So I talked with her, and I said, look, let me pray for you. And why don't you come along to our community on Sunday? I really think you'll connect with a few people. Ended up praying for her in the office. And then um, literally that Sunday... Michael brought this lady to church. Now, his ploy was to be there and to leave her and go. <laughs> he came, and he probably was a bit like this. He probably thought, well, i better stay to check out what they do and what they say. He stayed throughout the whole service, meeting, the whole gathering. I don't know what he made of it, but then the next week, he brought his wife and kids. And he hadn't stopped coming since. Now, into that, his wife then recommits her life Back to god his kids go on summer camp they become christians he then ends up in one of our gatherings kind of praying <laughs> and he then comes up to us afterwards says, oh, i don't know if that was the right thing to do but i just felt you know and he's on a journey of faith now if you ask him and if you know do you think you know would you be a christian He's, on a, he, he's not sure. He's on a journey. But what I love is that actually he's experienced something of the love of God. He's experienced it in the work context. It's not been through some major stand-up-and-preach moment, but it's been through life. It's been through the everyday and the ordinary. Now, the other quick part to this story is that then in the coffee shops, as a leadership team, we have our, our leadership meetings in a coffee shop on a Monday morning. And uh, there's Pret. So if any of you have been to Pret, we we have a good Pret. And one of the guys there got to know that I drink decaf tea. Pret don't serve decaf tea. So I'm a very cheap person because they charge nothing for hot water and milk. So so we got into this, this pattern where I go in and he'd actually have a hot water and milk ready for me as soon as he saw me. One day, he just said to me, Linda, I have to ask you, what do you do? Because I've been watching you for the last year, and I can't work it out. He said, you come in happy. And he he said, could you be a teacher? You couldn't be that happy. Could you be a businesswoman? You couldn't be that happy. And he went through all these different things. He said, I don't get it. Why are you so happy? So I said, look, why don't we sit down and have a cup of coffee with me and my, my colleague, and uh, we'll chat about it. Anyway, ended up chatting with him. He started pouring out his life. Incredible encounter. Turns out that he was a professor of, um, of, of history in Spain. And I'm thinking, backstory: what are you doing here working in Pret? You know, what, what's, what's happening? Anyway, ended up, he started to open up his life. Invited him to our Sunday gathering. He came with his wife and kid same thing happens. His wife ends up committing her life to God. She's just now involved in running an alpha. I literally saw a picture sent through to me this morning. She's on on the Holy Spirit day bringing up other people, which is fantastic. Their kid became a Christian at the same camp. Um, And it's amazing. And then you've got these two families who all speak Spanish, and I don't speak a word of Spanish. So we connect these two families together, an amazing God thing happens, and they get on. Isn't that good? Now, I share those stories with you, because I'm really encouraged. And actually, my friend who is the chap in Pret, let's change his name to, oh, Richard. Um, he wouldn't say that he is uh, a, a Christian. In fact, he's meeting someone with our leadership team on, like, on, a, on, a, on a two-weekly basis he, to really work through theology and understanding and philosophy. But it's like, well, we're all in a... We're, isn't it wonderful to be part of journeys with people? Isn't it wonderful to see people's lives touched by the Spirit of God, even though we're not actually standing up and preaching? So I look at this scripture, all about God's Spirit is on me, God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message to the poor. And then he sent me and all this good stuff. So what I'm not wanting to bring to you is let's stand up and all let's stand on a street corner and preach the word of God. Which, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that if you feel called to that. But I think the bigger message is let us be so full of God, so full of the spirit... Jesus, you know, return to Galilee, powerful in the spirit. Let you and I be so full of God that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, other people cannot, cannot resist tasting and touching something of the love of Jesus Christ. And I know in my own life that I'm preaching this to myself, you know, that life is life. And we do stuff and we get tired. And, you know, I have kids that are growing up. And we have responsibilities. And we know that when we're under pressure, when we're squeezed, that's when what's really in comes out. Life is like... So, in fact, it's a, it's a continual cycle. Jesus never went once into the wilderness and that was it. He kept going back to the wilderness. He kept finding his place of, of where his topped upness was going to be in order that then he would be sent. So, I'm coming into land, which I'm sure is a relief as we're huddled up in our blankets... But essentially, God is concerned about us not being consumers, but he wants us to scatter his love, his goodness, his Holy Spirit, wherever we are. And I believe that God wants to remind us of our sentness, hence the stamps. And I think it's incredibly prophetic that the stamps have a fish on them. I think that's awesome. I couldn't believe it when I bought them. I thought, I've got to take these home. You know, our sentness. And and I would encourage you to take a stamp put it somewhere where it will remind you on a daily basis that you are sent by a by wonderful holy God, full, destined to be full of the Holy Spirit, who just as you come into contact with people, they cannot help but be touched by something of the love and the goodness and the kindness and the beauty and the tenderness of Jesus Christ. And I pray that for myself and I pray that for you. That actually, as we really allow ourselves to be full again and again, as we are sent to wherever God places us, wherever we are, that we would know our sentness, we would know that it comes from God, and we would know that we would be empowered in the everyday, in the ordinary, to really be good news and to deposit something. So I'm going to just pass these stamps on both sides. Feel free to take one. Um, I'm there might be some at the end, so just take one, pass it on if you would like one. Stick it on your back of your phone, on your Opal card holder, or whatever, whatever, whatever. In a book, on a bookmark, whatever, whatever is good for you. To remind you, as I need reminders, God has sent me. He sent us. He sent us in the world, in a broken world. Not to somehow have it all together, but it's through our brokenness that actually we can relate to people. People can't relate if they think we've got it all together. They can't relate to it. You know, we are all broken. So as we allow our humanity and our fragility and our normality, as others touch that, just as Peter did sitting next to me for four years, little did I know what God was doing. So I want to encourage you, even though we might not know, Let us be reminded that God knows, and he's always on on the move, and is always at work. So really, in closing, if this is okay, Caro, I wondered, Ryan, if you wouldn't mind coming back. And this is what I saw as we were driving back, and I was praying. I was just saying, God, in all of this, I've been kind of living with this, this sentness, you know, the power in the sentness, what it means for us in the everyday and the ordinary. Uh, and as I saw the wind and the trees, and I... I just, I, I I, felt, and it's not all about feelings, but it reminded me that in a very tangible, palpable way, that actually as we experience and as we are touched by the love of God, by his holy presence, as we encounter him, he is the one who empowers us in the everyday and in the ordinary. It's not something that we want to or should muster up. It's actually quite ordinary, a non rasmatas It isn't you know trying to practice being you know naturally supernatural it's just being who we are and God coming to us and something very beautiful happening so if you wouldn't mind just playing um, leading us in because I love songs and music it stirs the soul uh, just as we heard Paul Paul that was a stunning stunning song uh, I was just sitting there thinking wow the anointing of God was just there And uh, almost like it's like I don't even need to say anything it's just like just beautiful the power and the anointing of God so you must get some recordings and keep writing absolutely beautiful that there are gifts that God has given you and I which are stunning which are beautiful which are unique and and what I saw was and I'm just gonna name some of those um, I what I saw was um, the wind of the spirit coming afresh to anoint us afresh and um, And God really is inviting us, I believe, in our little time this evening to receive afresh the empowering of the Holy Spirit to really, truly strengthen us, encourage us, meet us in whatever situations we're navigating, the people we're touching, where we find ourselves. So whether we're involved in education, maybe we're teachers, maybe we're involved in administration, maybe we're preachers, Maybe we're involved in business, we're running businesses, we're working for other businesses. Maybe we're medical or we're involved in the political arena. Maybe we're parents or we're grandparents. God wants to encourage you and and empower you afresh in your parenting and grandparenting. And for some of you here, it won't necessarily be biological parenting and grandparenting. There are actually those who you are parenting and grandparenting because God has anointed you. In the areas of your neighbours, of those who you touch and you see, God wants to come afresh and anoint you. For the artists, for the creators, for the musicians, God wants to come and empower you afresh. For the pastors, some to the region, some to the city, some in our schools, some in our hospitals, God wants to empower us in our places of work. For those who are retired, those who have time, I'm sure some will say I don't have a lot of time because actually there's a huge amount that I end up doing. God wants to empower you afresh and bless you as you give of yourself. For the engineers, for those who are at home, for the students, for those who are running your own businesses, for those who are exploring maybe what's next, God wants to empower us afresh. So in all of that, I would really love the opportunity to simply pray and invite the Holy Spirit. And if any of that resonates with you and you would like a fresh touch of of God's Spirit to come and empower you afresh right now with no razzmatazz, just an open-handedness and an open heart to our Heavenly Daddy, I would like to simply invite you to stand with me. And as we stand, to be expectant our heavenly daddy to empower us in our sentness in the everyday and in the ordinary and that the holy spirit would deposit something fresh and new to encourage us to encourage me in the everyday and in the ordinary so if you would like that would you join me and stand and i'll pray we can just posture ourselves in a way position ourselves in a way which is easy for us to respond to God I personally like closing my eyes because then I don't think about anybody around me and I often just stretch out my hands open wide or I just put my hand on my heart to say God touch me whatever works for you I just want to encourage us to forget about everyone else in the room and just be here in the moment and be aware of the breath of the wind, of the love, of the gentleness, and of the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you fill us up fresh every day, that your grace is with us, that your power is with us and that you scatter us to be the scent of Jesus in this world. So fill us up again, Holy Spirit. Let us feel full. Let us feel like we're overflowing with the love of God. Let us know your closeness, that we would not feel alone, that we would feel present with you, send us out God send us out to a hungry and a thirsty world a world that needs kindness and love and grace Jesus help us to be aware of the people around us who are desperate for a taste of the love of God may we be a little taste of that in everything that we do.